All right, Howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will trap you in your pulse armor and melt your eye out till it bubbles. And now, Howler Pod. Is a man a coward if he realizes that bravery is just a myth that the old tell the young so that they line up for the meat grinder? Hello, Howlers! Welcome to HowlerPod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow! I'm your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. You're back. You're off the COVID list. <laughs> I'm off the quarantine. <laughs> I'm back with my quarantine. <laughs> wow. Which is Ben. <laughs> I'm excited to have you back. Thank Welcome. you. I'm not dying anymore. Thanks for being a good friend and buying me a plant. And thank you so much, Howlers, for wishing me well. Your well wishes are what gave me the power <laughs> <laughs> to get better <laughs> it fucking sucked but thank you uh the comments made me cry because i was in a deep dark <laughs> state of depression in my covid sickness so thank you all so much but now you're back and better than ever i have <laughs> antibodies <laughs> <laughs> and it's character study time who will enter the passage tonight the passage of our in-depth Scrutiny and judgment? Will they rise above the rest and be crowned prime? Or will they fall short and be disgraced henceforth as a pixie? Who are we studying today? Lysander, a butt-sucking loon. I think this one might be a little controversial today. I think it's going to be a megapod. (laughs) Buckle up, buttercup. Okay, so coming up on this episode... We do our normal Lysander discussion, and then we are going to bring on special guests, Heather, our wise and wonderful researcher, and Miles, our fucking kick-ass artist. We're so excited to talk to them both, Um, so we're planning to talk to them not only about Heather's historical connections and Miles' art, but we want to talk to them about Lysander as well. Yeah. What do they feel about Lysander? <laughs> do you think that they are prime or pixie? I'm, I'm curious because <laughs> I feel like they <laughs> might help me decide. <laughs> That's right. I'm still, at this moment, I do not know what I'm going I'm, to say. I, so. mean, I know what I'm going to say, but I'm keeping an open mind. <laughs> and then uh, because of the fucking kick-ass, amazing response that we got, from all of you in terms of emails and voicemails, we feel that this episode will be so long that we are going to split it into two parts. Right. 
So part one here is going to be our uh, summary of Lysander and our historical connections and then our interviews with Miles and Heather. And then we're going to end on the prime five for Lysander. But then there will be a midweek episode release um, before the Darrow podcast where Ben and I um, will read the Howler email and voicemail submissions. There are tons and they are really great. And I just couldn't pare them down too much because everyone makes such great points. So we're going to put them in their own episode mm -hmm. and then we will conclude on our decision <laughs> uh, whether we think Lysander is ultimately prime or pixie. Yes. So you're going to have to wait a few extra days. We're sorry, but... I'm not sorry. <laughs> I think the episode's going to be better served as a part one and part two. Yeah, like Twilight Breaking Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly like Twilight Breaking Dawn. It's a, you took the words right out of my mouth. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> let's load up the star shell and shoot straight into our character backgrounds. Hopefully we don't shit our suits while we're trapped in them getting our eyeballs melted. <laughs> Lysander Aulun is a gold, a freshly made, peerless, scarred, and the grandson of former sovereign of the society, Octavia Aulun. He was Octavia's heir until her deposition by Virginia uh, Augustus in 743 PCE. After the rising, he fell under the guardianship of Cassius and spent his formative years with Cassius in exile rescuing imperiled ships around the asteroid belt. He is currently the fiancé of the dictator of the society, who is technically not his aunt. Like, come on, guys, that would be gross. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> Atalantia, Algrimus, is the dictator of the society that he's uh, engaged to. Yum. And currently banging. I um, didn't send them an engagement gift <laughs> I must have slipped my mind back when I had COVID. <laughs> COVID brain. All right. According to Darrow, Lysander's eyes are so bright. They are like golden crystals beyond gold. Lysander has long golden hair and is quite lean and tall. In dark age, he gets a severe burn on half his face, which impairs his sight in one eye because it boils. By the long night, Darrow notes that he has gone bald from radiation poisoning. In his younger years, Lysander was quite innocent and very honest, taught to never lie. He was brave for his age, overcoming fear to behave reasonably and with calm, even in intense and dangerous situations. He was brought up in an incredibly strict household, to say the least. And uh, being the grandson to the sovereign of men, he grew to be able to read people and see through their social masks. He also the had the... The, <laughs> the dancing mask. The dancing mask, yes. Uh, he also had the advantage of being taught how to use the mind's eye by Octavia, which increases his perceptive abilities and senses. Why didn't Octavia or Aja use the mind's eye? We're not sure if she had it or not. Interesting. Just a passing thought. <laughs> so while Lysander understands the plight of the low colors and Darrow's reason for the rising, he believes that order brought by gold rule is far better than the chaos caused by the rising that currently rules the solar system. And thank you to Red Rising Wiki for 
character descriptions. And I think we know Lysander's story at this point. So in the interest of time, we're going to skip his storyline, summarizing his storyline. So Basically, make sure you read the books. Right. <laughs> right now, I think his last known place, he is engaged to Atalantia. He's waving at Darrow and Cassius as <laughs> they fly away. And he's just made an alliance with Apollonius. Yeah, there's a secret kind of alliance. A secret alliance. They're yeah. sitting by the those statues in the desert. Right. And you know, just being bros. Right. So now let's talk about some historical connections and we're gonna bring Heather in live and in style to to read her historical connections from Lysander. Our wise and wonderful researcher. Hello Heather. Woo Welcome back Heather. Glad to be here, as always. <laughs> so Heather is sitting outside in the cold uh, for Howler Pod. So She's everyone, dedicated. Everyone send Heather a message telling her thank you. She's literally like the only Howler suffering for Howler Pod right now. I got to bring myself closer to Ragnar. Now that he's departed this world, you know, this is my way of kindred spirits you know <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah so let's jump in to our historical connections written and researched by you heather let's take it away sure okay lysander comes from the ancient greek verb luo translated in seemingly contradictory ways on the one hand it can mean to free but it can also mean to dissolve or destroy the masculinized supine form of the verb lysander simultaneously means both liberator and destroyer this mutual opposition actually tracks when one considers lysander the hero of his own story freeing the people of mercury from the bedlam brought by the rising in an effort to restore order to the solar system through the vitalization of the color cast hierarchy Meanwhile, all our Dark Age MVPs view him as an entitled pixie who lacks substantive experience in battle and is out of touch with the horrors of space racism, having deluded himself into upholding the status quo. Contrasting such a self-aggrandizing perspective against Darrow's and most readers' point of view towards Loon reveals the chasm of misunderstanding that defines both Dark Age and Lysander alike. In his interactions with Ajax, Lysander occupies the role of Odysseus, using intelligence rather than might to win intimacy with Atalantia as Odysseus defeated Ajax with logic to gain possession of Achilles' armor, each respective prize a form of bellicose protection. In the same vein, Lysander's ingenuity exposed Heliopolis to a society attack from within just as Odysseus's brainchild, the Trojan horse, facilitated Greek infiltration of Ilium. While there are undoubtedly more parallels between Lysander and Odysseus, both outstanding in the realm of fabrication and trickery, Lysander Alun also resembles a highly accomplished Spartan general by the name of Lysander as well. Said historical Lysander was a dark horse in the Peloponnesian War, which had dragged on for 27 years prior to, the decisive, to his decisive naval victory in the Battle of Aegospotamoi in 405 BCE. Lysander prevailed by lulling the Athenians into a false sense of security, refusing to engage in battle so that his adversaries would drop their guard. After five days of delay, the Athenians moored their ships to prevent waterlogging, at which point Lysander overwhelmed the larger fleet with his 200 vessels. 
Only eight Athenian ships escaped, a crushing blow that snowballed into ever graver catastrophe for Athens and thus democracy. Promptly after Aegospotamoi, Lysander cut off Athens from its ports and declared that any Athenian outside the city would be killed. This tactic employed attrition as the principal agent of war, amplifying starvation by forcing the city's population to grow without any means to acquire additional foodstuffs. Such brutality worked. Athens surrendered and democracy was replaced by oligarchy and oppression. In this instance, Lysander certainly defined the terms of military engagement, feigning weakness and sacrificing morality for the sake of victory. Nevertheless, his actions had consequences beyond Sparta. Widely viewed as unprincipled in war, Lysander also came under fire for political scheming and living a life of luxury. Lysander was worshipped as a living god by some, but with Sparta ruling all of Greece, his ambitious aspirations, combined with the complete lack of humanity, cultured increasing civic concern regionally. This spurred a number of cities to unite against Sparta in 395 BCE, at which point Lysander was killed. In the end, Lysander's cruelty fed the revolution that caused the downfall of the Spartan Empire. While arguably humanitarian in his own mind, Lysander Alun's attitude regarding systems of governance mark him as highly reminiscent of Spartan Lysander, both willing to turn a blind eye to human suffering as long as their regimes of power prevail. Though Lysander condemns Darrow's use of the storm gods, he has no problem whatsoever with the systemic eugenics characteristic of the Board of Quality Control, nor does he push back against the mass enslavement essential to the functionality of the society. Like his Spartan counterpart, Lysander is hailed as Invictus, undefeatable, on account of his godlike ancestry. With his legacy growing by the end of Dark Age, Lysander's political aims come under suspicion, resolving such through the conjugal bond of incest with the seat of power, Atalantia. Similarly, Spartan Lysander was sexually tied to King Agisolaus, who attempted to rid himself of political threat by sending Lysander abroad. Both Lysanders appear, therefore, to sow seeds of distrust amongst even their closest allies, an attribute that led to the death of the historic Lysander and may still lead to that of Lysander Alun. I like that. <laughs> I know. A little seed of hope yeah, in the midst those of Dark Age. <laughs> I, I want to say the word for the day is I guess but I can't even say it. I guess Spotify. I did have to practice it a few times. It's Greek, and I'm not that good at pronouncing Greek, but I've got it. I guess Spotify. Yeah. Damn. Nice. I like the part where Heather said he used his intelligence rather than might to win intimacy with Atalantia. That's a little more well put than we usually say. <laughs> <laughs> you know the general disdain and hatred is still there i don't know i i feel like he was tricked into intimacy with Uh, atalantia i don't know by himself (laughs) i like the the conclusion that historic lysander died therefore so must our Lysander. I think that gives us some good hope right there. Pretty much all the characters I researched are dead, obviously, <laughs> because they lived in the past. But that doesn't mean that Lysander's not going to die also. So. Right. It sounded and, like he yeah. died violently. 
Right. That's what I was going to say. It's not like he died peacefully. (laughs) No, definitely not. He died because he was just too much of a dick, you know? (laughs) Okay, those of you who voted Pixie, this historical connection is for you. Right. Yeah. And in rereading Iron Gold, like one of the first chapters that Lysander is in, he talks about his name and how it's from a Spartan general, which I didn't remember when I was writing this, but Pierce, Pierce knew. So. <laughs> Pierce knew. <laughs> of course. Okay, so at the end of this episode, Aaron and I have to decide Primer Pixie. What do you think we should decide and why? <laughs> Well, obviously, he's a pixie bitch, um, and there's really nothing else that you can say. I was, uh, I just think the fact that he double-crossed Gaia after she gave him a route to, like, you know, um, freedom from mm. the Moon Lords is such, it's just such a defining characteristic of Lysander. Like, you kind of see the parallel of um, what Ephraim does with not ratting on um you know, Oslo and continuing to, you know, help the Republic instead of defend the syndicate in their immorality. And Lysander kind of does the exact opposite of what Ephraim does, where he's like, okay, I'll say, I'll say I'm going to go help free Romulus, who is only doing what is right for his people, but Uh I'll actually kill this innocent, try, try not to kill this innocent, um, obsidian and totally screw over Gaia and that just makes me so upset rereading that I was like why why did you do that Romulus is such a cool dude you just got him sent to the dust for no apparent reason and now we're stuck stuck with Dido and Seraphina so dang that's a really good point I hadn't really thought about that moment I've been so focused on Dark Age lately yeah yeah like I forgot about him betraying Gaia and yeah. she's just a nice old lady <laughs> you gotta respect those wise women you know can't have more Man. witch trials <laughs> double crossing grandma that's pretty it's bad fucked up yeah. grandma gives you money on Christmas Lysander that is definitely a strike okay that's a really good point um, okay so our next and final question for you. Do you have any predictions for Lysander in book six? What do you think is going to happen? Okay. So I was thinking about him and, you know, we can't exactly say that he's irredeemable because Cassius, he still is really complicit in the death of, you know, Ragnar. And he did all this horrible stuff before turning to support Darrow. But we still, as a, like, the Howler base still loves him because Mm -hmm. of his morality and um, his good intentions. And I think he's like, even though Lysander is kind of a Darrow figure to Cassius, like Lysander still holds his family really dear to him like Cassius does. And I think learning the duplicity of Octavia and how she plotted for the murder of both of his parents will really change what he decides to do because he clearly doesn't have a problem going back on his word like he did something <laughs> for 10 years with Cassius and then decided in one second okay guys never mind I'm gonna start a solar system war so I think he is flippant and willing to change his mind so 
Hopefully like he it. dies in the end, though. But. Damn. <laughs> That's cold. Because she's out in the cold. No, yep. <laughs> <Get to> you. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. I like I, that prediction. I agree with all of that. Yeah. I'll just adopt Heather's predictions as my own. Oh, you're taking Heather's? That's wonderful. Yeah. Dang. Okay. I appreciate the support. We all need it right now. And she's trying to reread more recently than I have, so I feel like it's fresher. Yes, her feelings feel very fresh. Yeah, they're yeah. you got fresh feelings. They're fire today. I'm so upset. I just I just read this, you know. So. Just shut the book. Maybe that's what we're forgetting. We're so far away from her right now since our last read that yeah, we don't have that passion right now. We need to reread every week. Every all five books. <laughs> Just don't sleep. Quit our jobs. It's the right time. So do you think then that the the Howler community's general hatred for Lysander is deserved? And do you think that um, maybe we're too harsh on him as a community? Um, I do not think we're too harsh on him as a community. I think, you know, actions have consequences and he's taken a lot of actions. So... You know, these are the motherfucking consequences, right? <laughs> <laughs> and on our Instagram page, eighty-three percent. It's like I was, wa- I, I was mean, kind of shocked how. Yeah, eighty-three percent said Pixie. Yeah, yeah, I was shocked how heavy it was. Yeah, I think if we didn't see inside his mind, like everyone would hate him. But yeah. I think people understand that he's deluded himself and tricked himself into thinking that he's doing what's moral and good. But um, I think he is such a clinical mind that he could like change his, change his course and still retain like some integrity in the process. If he has any, but yeah, I think that's a really good read on his character. Like he is clinical enough to the point to just be like, okay, I'm wrong. And maybe change his ways maybe he's also narcissistic that's true i mean super narcissistic (laughs) he does like we had we've already kind of talked about this a little bit uh yesterday when we were recording part of the podcast but he does like this aspect to of power and he likes to hear the crowd hush when he (laughs) says his name yeah (laughs) like he likes that part so uh and he also just blatantly ignores he's like oh peace for 700 years i'm tired of denying that the loons brought that it's like (laughs) what peace what peace are you talking about bro like what so he is definitely delusional yep i i think maybe when he gets his facts checked he could change his his mind Cassius just needs to put him in timeout, and then he'll learn his lesson. Perfect. What I kind of wonder about is, like, Cassius really tried to make his mark on Lysander before he, you know, went to the bleeding place, had his epic moment there, and he didn't really have any traction. And maybe that's just because Lysander wasn't aware of, like, the depth of the cruelty of his grandmother but i feel like he also has some huge darrow issues and he needs to get those resolved like with like a one-on-one with him not yeah. just resolution with cassius when you say darrow issues do you mean like he wants to like 
prove he's better than Darrow or I think he has like hero <laughs> worship issues. Yeah. yeah, like he's in like secretly gotcha. in love with Darrow and yeah. he also hates him. And so I feel like he has a lot of conflicting feelings towards him. Just pro- just as conflicting as he has with Cassius. Yeah. Um because he, he admires like his his you know calculus and blowing up the docks of Ganymede and all these aspects of him of Darrow like he always liked Darrow more than Cassius and right. I think that that any resolution in the books has to include both Cassius and Darrow for Lysander hell yeah and for the howlers <laughs> yeah, that's a good point yeah he does have a Darrow obsession for sure brings him up all Darrow the time also killed his grandma yeah. Yeah. I guess that would, you know. And you know how he feels about grandmas. He betrays them. <laughs> yes. He does. That's honestly the biggest cool. strike we can make against him at this point. He I betrayed like, Gaia. Yeah. And honestly, him um, stabbing and cutting off the hand of her obsidian was worse. Yeah, that old sweet what obsidian. Horrible. He was so yeah. sweet he to was Gaia. So sweet. And they were like old companions. That was fucked up. <laughs> Thanks for reminding up. me of that. Now my hatred. That guy can still be alive. He, he kissed Gaia's forehead and was crying <laughs> before leading Lysander into the oh tunnels. Like, why you gotta do that? <laughs> no reason. Yeah, what a dick. How dare you? <laughs> I hope I hope the obsidian lived. Heather's giving yeah. us some really good ammunition here. Oh yeah, I'm getting I'm getting all he he did up. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, like, one of the only ways we can, like, the Howlers would accept Lysander is the fact that he he clearly has been traumatized and tortured as a child. Yeah. Like, otherwise, I don't think there's there's any path back to redemption, but... Right, I mean, that's, if you're trying to make the case for Lysander, that's where you're going to start, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you're an adult now. Yeah. Yep. Maybe yep. deal with some of the trauma. Deal with your trauma and stop being a dick. <laughs> stop betraying grandmas. All right. On that Time to grow up. note, we will say goodbye to Heather. Heather, get inside. You look cold. <laughs> I will. I will. I got to finish Iron Golden Knight, though. So that's the mission. Yes. Nice. And then uh, we will we see you back here for Darrow? Absolutely, wouldn't miss it. Wouldn't miss okay. it for the world. Hopefully, by then the internet's back on. We don't have to sit outside. Um, yeah. But either way, thank you for your commitment to Hellerpod. <laughs> thank you, Heather. All right, we're gonna go ahead and jump right into our interview with Miles Bensky. He does all of the art for Hellerpod. You can check him out at. M. Bensky Designs on Instagram. Okay, now we have a very special guest for you, Howler listeners. You're welcome. We're bringing on um, the fantastic artist who does all of our character study episode art. Welcome to the podcast, Miles. What's up, Miles? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, how have you been? How's uh, the pandemic? You know, are you still going to work and stuff? What's going on? I'm my family's pretty introverted in general, so like it hasn't honestly hasn't been the biggest change for us. So we live in like central Illinois. I'm going I'm a postdoc at the University of Illinois. Most of my work 
has been outdoors during the pandemic. So small teams stay, you know, masks and everything. So it hasn't after the, after the initial like month and a half where it was like hard lockdown, we figured out ways to kind of work safely. And so, uh, you know, compared to many people, I, I feel pretty lucky about that. And then in terms of my family, you know, we, we stay at home a lot anyways. So it hasn't been, obviously, I think for my daughter, my older daughter, it's been a little bit harder not seeing her friends as much, but we've been able to do like, she's really good about wearing her mask and her friends are. So they've been able to do some outdoor, you know, get togethers and, you know, that kind of makes up for some things. So I think all in all, we we feel pretty lucky. So nice. nice. Now, I'm not saying that like, I like masks at all, but the little kid masks are like so cute. <laughs> yeah, we had um one of our friends, she made a like, do you guys know Studio Ghibli? Like um, my neighbor yeah. Totoro and stuff like that. So she made our, my daughter a Studio Ghibli mask that has all these different characters. And so oh, she, yeah. loved, she loved watching it or, you know, putting it on and, and showing it off. So that, that definitely like early on got her wearing the mask like really right. like regularly. And that, that definitely helps. That's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, hopefully you shouldn't have to wear it too long. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have yeah. a, we have a, uh, <laughs> 18 month old and she's starting to like put on I'm like hopefully she doesn't really need to <laughs> we'll get past yeah. it before she really needs to wear it but I'm gonna think that masks are like what everyone always has done for all of eternity oh totally. right. yeah not our 18 month old she loves taking the hand sanitizer and pretending she's spraying our hands with it so like oh, okay. that's already like embedded into her behavior so it's like <laughs> that's a good thing that's yeah. something that she can take exactly. throughout her life that's good yeah, totally. <laughs> fighting viruses <laughs> <laughs> well miles we wanted to have you on obviously to talk about lysander but we also want to talk about your fantastic art um you had i'm trying to remember exactly how this went down you hit, i believe you hit me up right yep. about doing the art for us and you had this amazing goal that you wanted to draw all of these characters for the entire year. So can you tell us about that? And it's just a hefty like, goal. Yeah. Um, so I I started doing some fan art, like, right, it was, like, early pandemic. So, like, it was one of the things, like, we had more time at home. We were in lockdown. I just started, I had, you know, I had gotten to art again um, after a long break a couple years ago, but didn't really do any portraits or anything like that, or that, not that much of it. And... Something about, I can't remember the episode, but one of your episodes, you guys brought up the hyena dial and like <laughs> encouraged someone to create that. And so I did that and I got some good feedback on that. I remember that. Yeah. And then uh, from there, I just started, I think I started with Mustang, I did, and several, and just started doing like these sketches and getting, you know, people enjoying that. And then, yeah, you guys mentioned that you guys are going to do the character episodes. So I was just wondering, like, yeah. is, was there, were you going to do anything to like showcase any? uh fan art and uh <laughs> and i just decided to make the orion one and see how it went and um and, it was fucking perfect, yeah. <laughs> and then i was like well if i did that that went well i'll try it again and then i just was like well i'll just keep doing it and at that time we i had no idea how many episodes you were gonna do <laughs> 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 or that there would be like all these like multi-character episodes and and uh so but I, like shit i should not have promised <laughs> but people enjoyed it and i was uh you know i was having fun with it so yeah i just kept going and 
that, yeah, that's where that's that's where it went. So yeah. <laughs> I personally I appreciate it so much because I when I read I personally don't I don't picture like an actual person I picture more like the feeling of a person yeah so actually seeing your drawings really helps me like oh that's what they look like oh yeah and then I can put that feeling that I have in my head towards the image that you draw and that's one of the things that's been really cool about Red Rising in terms of fan art is because I mean there is like official fan art for some of the major characters right but even that's not like super well known by everyone Mm-hmm. And so there's not this like canon in terms of like how characters like and, and because there's no like show yet, there's no like way that they're supposed to look versus if I tried to do like Game of Thrones fan art and tried to change something up, like people would flip out, right? Yeah, I can kind of, especially with the secondary characters, I can kind of draw whatever I feel like they look like. And most right. people, and a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, that's not how they look to me. But other people would be like, that's exactly how I picture them. And there's that ability to do that versus, again, some of these more established, uh, you know, series and stuff like that. Right. I, I'm like Aaron. Like, I need an artist to, to visualize it for me. I don't do a good job of visualizing in my head. Sometimes I'll think of, like, a particular person, maybe, like, an actor or somebody that I think of for the character, but uh, not typically. So, like, a lot of your drawings are now, like, my headcanon <laughs> characters. Oh, for sure. That's super cool. I, I love hearing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cast the show, and I'm going to be like, excuse me, that is not... <laughs> but even then, it's, it's cool to see other artists come up with completely... I mean, maybe, right. usually not completely different, but definitely uh, different takes. Um, and so... Yeah, I think I love that there's that kind of flexibility right now and just seeing how people really like picture themselves not being influenced by a bunch of other stuff yet. Yeah, that is a really cool like point in the fandom where we are, where it's like a lot of different versions of different characters coming out from different artists and you kind of get to see the artist's interpretation of of the character. Right. And not, not just, we don't just see like their face, uh, in your art, we also get to see like their armor, and we get yes. to see the mask, which is so cool. Uh, which just adds another a whole nother layer to the universe. You know, it it adds a lot of depth. I feel um, like you must really like that aspect of the series, like the armor and that type of stuff, because you're so good at visualizing that. Like that is now like what that looks like to me. Those, yeah, the- I don't even know where that started. I mean. Again, like I'm just getting back into art, and so a lot of this has been kind of like new. Like, oh, let's explore this. Like, let me explore some armor design. But yeah, there's something about trying to figure out what the armor and what like what this world, this futuristic world, is supposed to look like. Because it's a weird mix of like you know, like you talk all these like ancient like Roman references, but then you know it's very futuristic. And then there's like especially with the Moon Lords and stuff, there's like that samurai aspect. And so trying to like combine all of that, and then have like different animals associated with certain um or like just specific symbols associated with certain characters that's super Mm -hmm. fun to try to incorporate that into armor as well nice so um how do you like start off before you draw a character do you like read the books or do you read like the red rising wiki to like remind yourself who these people are? yeah i rely (laughs) a lot on the wiki um the wiki has been well Overall, has been clutch. It definitely is sparse, more sparse on some details um, for certain characters than like 
because then like for one example diomedes i haven't looked recently but at the time when i looked through it there was no mention of like him missing half like his ear um yeah. it was and so like then you guys actually mentioned it on the episode. I was like, oh man, that was I missed it. Like I missed this chance to like add these extra details. Um, and so I definitely rely on the wiki, especially early on. Um, but once I realized I was missing some things, you know, I, I did my best to maybe do a little bit more research going back. Because at at the time I started this, I had gone through everything but once, and then would kind of look at wikis and try to to remember, and also listening to your guys' podcast. Mm-hmm. But like. More recently, I've tried to be a little bit more like looking for specific sections or descriptions in terms of developing the characters further. Yeah. Totally. I, that was one thing I had to start doing when I was writing like our character summaries and stuff. Yeah. I was like, I have to buy the Kindle version of all these books just so I can start searching. So, yeah. That was clutch when I realized that you could actually like search for like <laughs> yeah. names or whatever and just search really quick and find stuff. Cause that, I didn't realize that for a while. So, yeah. <laughs> Dark Age came out on Kindle, so which was earlier than you got your hard copy. Right. I got the Kindle version of Dark Age. I control F Cassius, <laughs> and I immediately found that he came back. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, clearly- now I'll start page one. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Yes. I did want to ask you though, is there anybody that we didn't cover that you wanted to draw? Um, I mean, you guys covered, you pretty much covered everyone, every, all the main, but so I just did a, a Pandora one. I don't know if you saw that on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so that like all these like really small characters are starting to like come into mind. I didn't do like Mickey. Um, Ooh. that was another one or the um i've seen a couple of people do like duke of hands and stuff so like some of the uh you know again secondary characters i think that's where um which i don't think would make for a podcast like they're not enough to make for a podcast episode but yeah i just yeah. think there's some again going through iron gold the second time I was like oh yeah that would be really cool like i'm inspired to try them out now when the at the first time like when i first read iron gold all these a lot of these new names like went past me i was like where's darrow's next section that's all i cared about yeah. so like on that second reread or i guess re-listen because i listened to the audiobook i really got to like get into some of the secondary characters more and become more interested and just see how like now i know how they're connected better mm-hmm. um and so they're just much more interesting to me as a subject nice maybe we need a whole new secondary <laughs> Episode. <laughs> i mean there's so many there's so many characters it's crazy like people are like oh you're almost done I was like well yeah i mean yeah but if i really wanted to i could do like this character this character this character and they'd be cool so yeah careful before you sign up for something again yeah. <laughs> exactly i was only giving him like five characters at a time originally so he did not know what he was getting into yeah. you know, by this stage <laughs> I th- yeah, whichever like Which we also didn't know what we were doing. So that's why. <laughs> to make it up as we go. Well, okay. I saw like the Telemannus family. I was like, oh man. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Put all of the put the biggest people in the same portrait. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before we move on to Lysander, one last I have a curious question. Um so you're doing your postdoc, you're in field research. 
So how how are you also an amazing artist if you're if you're doing a doctorate right now? <laughs> Wait, first of all, how do you have time? And second of all, those are like, I mean, you don't you're not getting your doctorate in art. Yeah, no. Um, like, how are you an artist? <laughs> so I have a supportive family who supports my hobby, um, and yeah, I just I try to pick and choose, like pick pick spots in the evening after you know our kids are down. If we're like my wife and I watch a lot of Netflix, I can kind of just sketch and, you know, sketch and, and watch things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it really was towards. So I got my Ph.D. I finished my Ph.D. in 2019. And Dr. it was during that like last year where I was really getting into art. Um, and so I just would just practice, you know, an hour here, hour there. And then because of the pandemic, I just got a lot more time, especially during that, um, during the lockdown, you know, just had more time to work on things. I was like, I'm going to work on on this and really focused on getting my portrait, you know, sketching skills, you know, improving on them. And, and yeah, that, and, and then just kind of continuing making sure I do a little bit every day or, you know, every couple of days I'm doing something. And I, for, for your stuff, I just wanted to make sure like, I, you know, I knew when it was due. I just made sure I kind of kept it like a you know a week ahead, and then that way, if I did have a really busy week, I could like catch up, and that it just worked out. There were there were probably two points where I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like get there in time. But we never even know. We never no. even knew. He was always Miles was always very on time. Well, Miles and Heather both, first of all, are the like our smartest <laughs> contributors. We should just hand over our she, podcast to the yeah, both of them. Heather's <laughs> Uh, freshman year at Princeton, and then Miles was a doctor, which I didn't know. We we did both grow up in the same area, so maybe that has something to do with, do with oh, it. Man, yeah. I need to get into that water supply. Yeah, yeah, that's Seattle water. <laughs> vitamins. That's awesome. There. Okay, so let's move into this Lysander person. All I right. Know how you feel? So we don't want to influence you. All so right. We by the end of this episode need to decide. Is Lysander Primer Pixie? And so, what we want to know from you is what you think of Primer Pixie and why. All right. So, I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> so, first, I want to say is fuck Lysander. <laughs> yes. But I don't think I, I think I can still say that and still say he's prime. Wow. I love it. Um, because I just, Especially reading Iron Gold, and then I, and kind of skipping through his again through his stuff in Dark Age, just seeing like where he came from mm-hmm. at the beginning of Iron Gold, seeing what he's been through. I mean, he got he was raised by a tyrant, had his brain diddled, had his parents killed, and then like erased from his memory basically. Right. Um, then saw the people that he supposedly loved slaughtered in front of him at the end of you know the original trilogy goes into exile for 10 years so over half his life he's in exile following the person who contributed to his all his you know his loved one's death yeah and at that point i don't know but cassius must have just trained him up because like you know at the at the end of at the end of uh the original trilogy like he's just this little smart kid but doesn't appear to have any like physical gifts um, in terms of fighting, and then he uses like I mean, it doesn't it doesn't always go his way, but he's constantly trying to think his way through things and trying to get out of things. And 
I mean, I've heard other people say this. He is doing things that, like, if Darrow was doing these things, we applaud them. And right. and when Lysander does it, we kind of give him shit for it. But, like... We band together. <laughs> yeah. And so, like... And then, just think about Iron Gold. He got his he got his face blasted off. You know, he 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 fell in an iron rain. He did all this stuff. He came out of nowhere. And then he went, like, one-to-one. Though, I mean, he did have all the cards in his favor at the end, but he did stand up to Darrow, broke his razor. Like he did all these cool things that like, it's hard for me to say he's a pixie. Like, right. yeah. yeah, he's like space races all, but, but if you, I mean, if we said, if that was all it took, then Aja would be, you know, a pixie. Then, right. um, Don't call her that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't do that. So, I mean, there are things that make me not like him, yeah. but they make me not like other characters. And we've called them Prime. So, like, yeah, he killed Alexander, who I really liked. Aja killed Ragnar, and we, you know, like, it's, it's not, to me, that's not enough to then say he's a that he's a pixie. I, don't know. <laughs> I feel I feel conflicted. <laughs> Conflict of the I mean, what are we gonna do? On the other hand, he does like have sex with his aunt, <laughs> and like I, he read this, thing, he calls her his he calls her his lover. And it's so like, so creepy. Right. It kind of does take everything I just say, just said, and like, mix all of that. But I don't know. I do think I think just as much as I don't like him and because of what he did and him going against Darrow, there's a sliver of a chance that there could be a redemption story in this in this next book. Yeah. I just and that's like talking about like what will happen next. Him, I have no idea. Like it could go either way. He could get slapped by apple and done like, like a, yeah. you know be just completely done or he could like make this really big redemption arc i have no idea like how he's gonna turn out what what do you want to happen i wouldn't mind if apple just takes takes it out to be honest <laughs> yeah i like because like yeah apple. i just read that last chapter yeah. and he thinks he's like he thinks he's so on top of it and for him to just like play with the idea like play with fire basically and have it just completely take him out i think that would be like funny but uh but yeah i, I could see other very like like fulfilling outcomes involving him i just but yeah i think because because of some of this you know because of the stuff that makes me not want him that makes me want to say fuck lysander it'd be awesome to see him just get like taken out by his own you know smarts i guess in, in the end so you would rather him get bitch slapped by a naked invisible apple than have him uh, like repent to Cassius and and join their side. Be redeemed. Yeah, I mean, I just think it would be funny. It would be it would be a little bit different. I mean, we've 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 seen that redemption arc. It would be kind of. I mean, in some ways, I, I think you could see a similar redemption arc as we saw with Cassius over you know the first series, and so maybe that's just kind of paralleling that which is cool but also it's like it would be nice if something else happened and right. so i would yeah i would it would be, it would be kind of funny if it just his own his own smarts kind of get get him in the end and apple just takes advantage of of him thinking that he's really on top of it when he when he shouldn't be playing with apple in the first place i like that yeah yeah dang miles has made this tough i don't know <laughs> Again, just remember, a lot of the things we don't like about him, 
other people have done, and we've still called them primes. So I feel I like yeah. I think that's a great point. But again, you can still say fuck Lysander all you want. Like I, I'm <laughs> all for that. <laughs> it's really fun to say fuck Lysander. Yeah. But I can also it really comes down to like what your definition of primer of pixie. Primer pixie. Yeah. 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 Like that's a very personal thing. I think it's some people think it's do I like you or not? Yeah. And some people think it's are you hardcore or not? Right. There's all kinds of definitions. Like it's just such a spectrum. Yeah. 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 Did you feel like hatred while you were drawing Lysander? No, so um this but, bitch. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I did the two versions of him, right? So I did um kind of a young version, a hopeful version, and then like a dark age version with his head, you know, his uh scarred up face and everything. Yeah. And I don't know, I just like it's actually hard for me to imagine the youthful Lysander turning it into, but then you read it, it's like, yeah, this happened to him. It's just interesting to me to see how much he's like developed um, over the, you know, the whole saga. And no, I tried to, I tried to do him, do him justice in terms of making sure, you know, he's still like, I think again, because I think he's prime in lots of ways, I didn't want to make him look like a pansy or anything. So I I wanted to, Make sure that he still represented kind of the strengths that he's gained, but also right. he's messed up. He's, he's messed up, and that's okay. So I mean, either way, he's still at gold, right? And that's uh, definitely something that happens with all a lot of them. It's like, oh, an ugly gold or whatever is still a gold, right? And so trying still to find the, that balance is difficult. The yeah. Cream of the crop. Yeah, and he's genus loon, right? Like he's of the original conquerors, right? He should be. So you should strike some fear into some people. Like oh yeah, I mean, if you were a low color, you sh- you would be like uh, Primus or what do they call him? No, Dominus. You, yeah, <laughs> Dominus. Yeah, I, I thought you did a great job on this one. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I think um, it's a little you hard with just the portrait in terms of getting like the heights of the gold and everything. And, and yeah. but yeah, I think um, yeah, I think he still needs to look regal or whatever in a, in yeah, a yeah you you accomplish that sovereignly that yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does have like a royal air to him so yeah so um next week is darrow okay so when you drew darrow did you find it hard to like um bring forth your own personal view of darrow in the midst of all the other portraits that are out there of darrow yeah so I, so going back to the art stuff like I find it way easier to do these characters that like haven't been done. Yeah. When it's Mustang or even Severo and particular like there's a lot of pressure I think with Dara, like just to make him look I I mean, yeah. You 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 want people to look at it and think like, "Oh yeah, that's what uh I that's how I see him." And I I actually don't know if I did. I'll be interested to see what people think. That's why I put the armor. So at least if you don't like his face, you can still see <laughs> And this this will be a bit of a spoiler because this will come out before we release this image. But yeah. what I like most about your Darrow is that it's not like super defined. So I, I kind of feel like people can look at it and like see their own version of Darrow in his face. Yeah. But he's like he is menacing as fuck, which is what yeah. Ben just said. Like <laughs> like if he was looking at me like that, I'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, and I think also, like, I tried to, because I actually asked you guys, like, long hair or short hair. Yeah. 
I personally see him as short hair, mm-hmm. but almost everyone else sees him as long hair. So I kind of did that, a view that like you can see the long hair, but if you don't right. want to see the long hair, you can kind of pretend it's short hair. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and his eyes are glowing. It's amazing. I just love that you titled this one Reaper because with it, really like, great font. Like this is the image you drew is Reaper. And he has he has his um, number see on mm-hmm. his armor. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> details. But if you're listening, like zoom in to some of Miles's art on the details. I yeah, mean, you must be drawing it like this close to frame. <laughs> well, this one I actually the armor I kind of had done in an earlier sketch, mm-hmm. and then I took it and then like redid it, and so I, it let me kind of work some extra details out that I hadn't done in the, the original s- sketch. So yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out um, in terms of like the wolf uh, icons and everything. Wolf shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then I did, I did do a secondary with his, with his, um, with his helmet. I don't know if you, if you have that one, but so yeah, we'll we'll have two versions. We'll have the unmasked and the masked version. Well, Daryl looks great. I'm excited for Howler's. Uh, for you to see it, you'll have to wait a week though. Both Darrow and Lysander. Possibly, hopefully, Ben doesn't get COVID. Otherwise, it'll be <laughs> would only get it hanging out with you. Oh yes, so. <laughs> I'm the pariah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Miles. Yes, thank um, you, Miles. We Thanks get for having me. Emails and messages praising your art. Hopefully, we forwarded those to you. <laughs> um, but. Just anyone who's contributing to the Howler community, to the Howler art community especially. I, I mean, I think this is like the greatest book series community that ever existed. <laughs> Harry Potter can suck my dick <laughs> because we are winning. <laughs> that was a statement. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Miles. Thank you. We love you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Let's move on to our next segment, which is predictions and fan casting. We've got a great fan cast. Let's start with that. We just have one. It's Timothy Chalamet. I think he's perfect. He's got great cheekbones. The ladies love him. Serafina would would love him. Put some really crystal gold eyes in that guy. Oh, and he's got like a good like broody face, but it's like baby broody. So it clearly was like learned from the... You know, watching Darrow's tapes, and he already looks haughty. He just looks like he's, he's kind haughty. Of and his name is Timothy with an <laughs> accent in it. Um, but he's, he's a great actor too. Great actor. Um, if you don't know Timothy, he's in the upcoming Dune movie. He's in Little Women, Call Me by Your Name. Um, a lot of great movies. He's just on SNL. Just on SNL. The the young ladies love him. I love him. And so and count me men. in with the young ladies. The, well, the adult men and the young <laughs> ladies. Adult men, like myself. <laughs> and like tweens. <laughs> and tweens, tween ladies. Tween ladies. All um, like Timothy Chalamet. We're very, there's like <laughs> Venn diagram of those pe- types of people. Yes, are, overlapping. Know, yeah, it's very Timothy's overlapping. Timothy's in the middle. Right. And um, I like him too, so I guess adult <laughs> women. But he's in um, the upcoming Dune movie, which we're really fucking excited about. And very they better it better be good. All right, that's our fan cast. That's all we got. I think you can pull it off. I mean, I think we nailed it. So we're gonna need somebody with some acting chops. We need somebody that we like, but also can you know kind of hate. Like hate him. Yeah. 
So Timothy's our guy. I think I could hate him. Yeah. All right, let's talk predictions now. Okay. Is he um, going to end book six as on Darrow's side or as the on the bad guy's side? Good R- or bad? Right. I think the, the question here is, does Lysander break good or does he break bad? Is he breaking bad? <laughs> does he cook meth in his basement? <laughs> I'm not sure if he's going to go full cook meth. Yeah. But I think he is going to break bad personally. So you think by the end of the book he'll be he'll do even worse things. I think he's going to be the main antagonist of book 6 in the uh-huh. name of like his righteous honor and bringing back the society for sure. Righteous? <laughs> That's from finding Nemo. <laughs> um I I don't know. I I could see where Pierce could swing him either way. I think there's a lot of people holding out hope that he's going to turn back good. Turn back to Cassius. That's the question. What does he do now that he sees that Cassius has chosen his side and it's not Lysander's? I think that we already know what he's done because he saw Cassius and he's like, I'm sad about that. I would give anything for Cassius to be alive. But the fact that he's now fighting for the rising can't do it. Right. He basically says that already. And then he's like, I guess I need to pair up with Apple. Right. He's like, I'm going to need some muscle of my own. This is hard for me personally because I love Apple. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think Apple's totally going to play him, though. Yeah. yeah. Just fuck him over. Mm-hmm. Leave him <laughs> leave him out somewhere. He's going to try to. And it's whether like Lysander catches him in the act or whether he doesn't. He'll drop him in one of the... one of. The oceans of Venus. <laughs> Maybe. Bye. <laughs> Use the mind's eye to swim out of this one. Um, okay, so I guess if I had to answer, I'm going to say, just to be your opposite, I'm going to say he's going to turn good. And he's Apple's going to betray him, and then but he's going to know Apple's plan to betray Darrow. And Lysander's going to say, for the good of humanity, he's going to... Um, like save Darrow and Cassius from Apple. Right. I could see like a combination of Apollonius and Atalantia um, and the depravity and terribleness of the two of them turning off Lysander enough to the point where maybe he starts considering the rising being a good idea again. I could s- maybe see that. Like or they could do not. so much horrible shit maybe and be not such the terrible rising. people being a good idea but maybe thinking i think lysander's definitely gonna say that atalantia and all of those er og iron golds are not what's the best right he's gonna say his version of the pyramid is the best right so basically i think he's gonna be factionless he's gonna break off from Atalantia and not be on Darrow's side, get in a fight with Apple, and then he's going to be standing alone with the mind's eye trying to <laughs> beat everybody. Yeah, I th- he's going to need an army, though, so he's going to have to steal somebody. Well like he's, he's got his greys. Yeah. Right? That's true. He does have the, yeah, like his legion of greys, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and he has people that follow him. I don't that's know. That's what I'm saying. I think he's going to need to steal. Like, he's going to have to, like, depose Atalantia. Or in some way, I feel like I feel like that has to happen in book six, where he's gonna have to like 
trick her out of her position as dictator or just yeah. like bang her out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Atalantia <laughs> can be banged out of anything. Not from puppy Lysander. I think she's too experienced for him. That's true. Okay, so maybe he could use his mind's eye, <laughs> you know, sexually. Wow. It's <laughs> a good place to start. Hey Atalantia, <laughs> close your eyes. I know where you're standing. <laughs> Hey, we could make some <laughs> some more videos. <laughs> this is starting to sound like Fifty Shades of Red Rising or something like that. There's a lot of different colors. <laughs> we can bring them all in. <laughs> all right. Big question here. Do you think that he survives the series? And if he doesn't, like, who kills him or how does he die? I'm going to say that he survives but ends up defeated and alone mm. and licking his wounds i like that what do you say i think that would almost be the worst for him because he'd mm-hmm. then he'd, he'd still be alive but he'd also know that he's like wrong and that would be yeah. like the worst thing for lysander cassius puts him in time out <laughs> and then he pouts for the rest of the book i think that he i think he's gonna survive too i really don't know where he's gonna end up <laughs> on a raft uh, on Venus. <laughs> I do like your idea, though. I like that idea that he's going to end up still being alive or, like, Daryl's going to spare him in some way, but he's going to have to, like, deal with the fact that he's just, like, completely wrong and rejected. and um, Everyone hates him. Yeah, everybody yeah. hates him. Um, but I do think in the process that he is going to end up killing our man Cassius. Oh, wow. And that's going to be oh, a maybe terrible he, moment. Maybe he kills Cassius and then he realizes in that moment that he's wrong. How wrong he is. And the regret drives him wow. into solitude. Now we're getting places. We should write book six. <laughs> Fierce, do you need some notes? Just let us know. I don't want Cassius <laughs> to die, though. <laughs> Although I would ra- His honestly... His story arc, though, like, he's he so tragic. He, like, almost has tragic, to die. He's single. Yeah. No one's relying on him <laughs> except for Darrow at this point. He's probably going to sacrifice himself in some way extremely heroically yeah and we're all gonna be like and he's gonna join julian <laughs> yeah and what's his brother's name carnus carnus yeah well i don't think carnus is in the same <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> place as julian <laughs> so we'll join one of them heaven or hell i had a couple other questions and i was thinking about this specifically when i was just kind of doing some research for our Lys- lysander pod um so Lysander's like he says he's the only person that saw Cassius fly away in the ship. You know, he's the only per- he says I think I'm the only person that knows that Cassius is still alive. He's basically like he says that at one point he after does? he sees Cassius fly away in the ship with Darrow and them. I don't remember. He says that. I think I'm the only person because this is like a chapter later, right? And they're like in the middle of war. Who knows? Right. What? What? Who saw? At his triumph, he's thinking, "I think I'm the only person that knows he's alive, and still a part of this." But do you really think that he is the only person who knows about Cassius's role in saving Darrow from the mound? Because if if he's not, that is going to really fuck up his position 
currently. Like if somebody if somebody yeah, because he knows. was Cassius's ward. Right. I think obviously Diomedes knows. Right, and so like I feel like that information can get right. I I bet you Apple knows because Apple's floating around invisible watching him. Yeah, I like that too. I feel like he would be a, a definite candidate. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be really bad for Lysander if Atalantia knows. Yeah, like, it, or if she finds out, or if somebody knows that information, uses it against Lysander right. at some point during book six. And I bet they'll like make Lysander choose. Like maybe Cassius gets captured, <laughs> and they're like, "You have to execute him <laughs> to prove your loyalty." I just thought that was like a fun nugget to keep in mind because I was just reading through some passages, and he notes that he's like, "I think I'm the only person." alive that knows about Cassius's role in saving Darrow. Wow. I was just thinking about like what if somebody else does know and how they could use that information against him. That can make things very difficult for right. him for sure. And I feel like that would be a good card. Especially for the uh, Moonies. Yeah. Because he he had to like We know, yeah. Basically denounce his love for Cassius in order to get the Moonies to let him be him. Right. Know, let him live and be the heir of house loon and you have to remember just like how much like the society remnant hates cassius because they see him as like the well, whole they see him as stomping on the head of their grandchildren right darrow's triumph and yeah and just allowing darrow to be successful in the first place like he was the traitor that allowed darrow to get in and kill octavia so i feel like that would be some cool information for someone like i love that your suggestion about apollonius i feel like that would be a great well, yeah, he's, he's piece invisible. of information <laughs> for him to know he's and got his uh, ghost cloak and he's to uh, play at some point as like a card on the table like lysander doesn't want to do something that he wants him to do and right apollonius says well guess what i know i know shit bro i know everything <laughs> i've been following you <laughs> Yeah, Apple definitely knows, <laughs> no doubt. It's going to be so interesting to see what happens with Lysander in Book 6. That's one of the things I'm like so curious about, like what is going right. to happen with this character, and something I just have no idea. Like I really don't think there's a good idea I mean, of how Pierce that's going to go. left us enough breadcrumbs that could, you know, crack into a million different paths. Right. So uh, he's definitely a big mystery, and I agree. I, I'm, like, very curious about Lysander. I could give two shits about Abominadrius, honestly. Yeah. I just want him to let Severo go. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Fa is interesting, but I'm more interested in, like, Lyria. Yeah. So, like, Lysander is really the baddie that you're, like, he could really sway all the other baddies one way or the other. For sure, yeah. He has, like, the most influence. And, yeah, I was trying to think back, like, after Iron Gold, we had like all these possibilities for where the story would go. And I remember thinking back to our podcast where we did like some dark age predictions and stuff and like we're like so wildly off, you know. I feel and like I was right. We a were few good times. with some stuff. Yeah. We were good with some stuff. But like the story went in so like a totally different direction and kind of well, we even definitely then didn't predict enough people dying. Yes. Just our <laughs> numbers were too low. Right. The story went in this like crazy direction that we didn't even kind of expect. Um, other than people dying, <laughs> we did expect that. <laughs> but not as many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we predicted a comically low amount of people dying. Yeah, it was really, like, if you go back and listen to that, it is actually really funny. We're, like, predicting one person dies, like, yeah. one important person dies. <laughs> Ho hopefully not any of the howlers. 
It's incredibly cute. <laughs> That's back before <laughs> I had a dark soul. Yeah. Stained by dark age and COVID <laughs> and in 2020. <laughs> and when I was trying to, the point that I was trying I to make there. So we have like all these different ways the story could go. It feels like Iron Gold, we had so many opportunities and then Pierce took us in this crazy like psychotic direction. <laughs> I mean, also like <laughs> you also have to think think of where look internally. Yeah. Think of where this year has brought you good and bad. Like that's also what's going on with Pierce. <laughs> yeah. So like that's going to go into his writing. <laughs> Obviously, he has plans for everyone. Um at least loose plans, but we know that he goes rogue sometimes. Right. And he might be doing that with book six. Yeah, this, like, Dark Age was chaotic, and it's just created all these, like, chaotic endings. And I just feel like that can take us in so many different directions for book six. I just don't even know what to expect, and that makes it so exciting. Do you think we'll get a uh, one of those sagas that the last book ends up being part one and part two? <laughs> I don't know. Like there like is a lot in the to movie. Re- yeah. You know, you, it's too long. There is a lot to resolve. Breaking Dawn, Part One. That's Twilight. <laughs> right. <laughs> there is a lot to resolve, but one thing Pierce does really well, I feel like, is get a story moving. He yes. can cover a lot of ground very quickly. And um, much quicker than you know a lot of readers like the one that I'm reading right now, but. He, yeah, we've talked about this. Pierce knows that we are paying attention, mm-hmm. so he's not wasting time right. telling us the story again. He's like, yeah. all right, buckle up. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. We're going on a fucking thrill ride. You're just on a roller coaster. <laughs> Load up your star <laughs> shell, bitches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, I think that's enough for predictions. I'm sure we'll talk about that more in future podcasts. I'm excited to listen back on this. Yeah, and, and be like, ah, oh, we were so innocent <laughs> yeah. back in 2020. Like whatever we can predict and whatever we can think of is not even going to be nearly as good as it oh, ends up being. Sure. You know, like he's yeah, we could never expect. Hey, maybe what's going to happen. Apple will just be like, you know what? Just kidding, and just kill Lysander. <laughs> Dude, I'd be down. And like, oh, okay, that's one down. I do. Yeah, that was one of my my biggest things. Is I just feel like Lysander is underestimating apple a little bit oh yeah i think apple will come through for all of us i hope so (laughs) 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 i'm putting my money on apple all right let's go ahead and move on to the prime five our top five best character moments for lysander all right number five this is our intro to adult Lysander in Iron Gold. So not baby bitch Lysander. Right. We're on the ship Archimedes. This is we get this great kind of cinematic moment where we appear on a on a ship and we're talking we're getting this narration from someone we don't know at all and then we find out it's 20-year-old Lysander and then we have swaggering bearded Cassius walk in. Oh, hey, Daddy. (laughs) You know I'm into dads, right? And we're all extremely excited about it. And then we get this great moment where they're going on to the Vendabona. They're going to save these low colors from, I think, pirates. Ends up being Askamani. And Lysander decides to go back and try to save the people. And then he um, 
decides to save Serafina, right? Yes. So we get this great moment where we learn so much about not only Lysander, but also his relationship to Cassius. We can see that they have this brotherly relationship. They care about each other clearly, but also we can understand and feel Lysander's frustration um, being s- kind of stuck. And he knows that he's meant for more. And um, not only is he physically kind of trapped inside this small ship with Cassius and Pytha, but he also is kind of stuck overall, just kind of as a person. He wants to do more. Like, he, he feels like he's meant for greater. He's a loon. He doesn't like Cassius protecting him. He wants to branch out. Right. He's like, I'm a 20-year-old. Like, stop telling me what to do, I've Dad. never <laughs> gone out and <laughs> dated a girl and gotten my heart broken. <laughs> I need to go save one. And so we've had uh, our friend Nick Brenlow. Ooh, hi, Nick. <laughs> he has read some quotes from us, and we pulled a quote from this section that we wanted to read. It tells us a lot about Lysander and also tells us about his relationship to Octavia and how important that was and gives us a little insight into the mind's eye. Buckle up, everyone. Nick is killing these quotes, and they're my favorite thing in the world. Do not let fear touch you. Fear is the torrent, the raging river. To fight it is to break and to drown. But to stand aside it is to see it, feel it, and use its course for your own whims. I am the master of my own fear. Fear is not my master. (laughs) Oh, man, Nick. I can't wait until they open the world back up. We can hang out. Yeah, so that's uh, Lysander kind of he's got this mantra right about fear and it helps him and that was given to him by Octavia and that helps him get into the mind's eye. He kind of uses that as his trigger, right? The way Nick was reading that, I felt like I was like actually in the hallway. Right. You you felt the fear (laughs) and, and him overcoming it. Are the Askamani going to pop around the corner right now? I'm actually worried for Nick. (laughs) Like, are there Askamani in your house? (laughs) Where are you recording this? And then, of course, if you've read Dune, that whole saying about fear that, or that whole mantra about fear that Lysander uses um, is very reminiscent of the litany against fear in Dune that the main character, Paul Atreides, uses. Um, He says, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me and when it has gone past i will turn the inner eye to see its path where the fear has gone there will be nothing only i will remain so these characters use this type of mantra to get them kind of in the same headspace and obviously i'm sure that's a a tribute to dune um, and a callback to dune because we know that that um, pierce likes dune pierce is a fan of that so man i'm excited for that movie also i need (laughs) to read it (laughs) (laughs) the book is a little bit of a hard read because there's so much weird just like language it is a lot like red rising actually where there's just a lot of like kind of jargon that you don't understand but well, you know me in audiobooks right and dune just doesn't have a not i would, I a would good think audiobook. yeah i i would think it would be a hard audiobook to get into well the author reads it and not oh, a professional wow. actor yeah that'd be even tougher so yeah <laughs> i was like cool i guess i'll get back into reading real books <laughs> you need to give me dune by the I way i think that's one that that you would need to read for sure. Yeah. I really enjoy yeah. it. Like I it pulled me right in. I really loved it. But 
um, I can see well how it could be kind of a tough read for somebody or somebody else. I'll try it if you give it to me. Okay. Merry Christmas you to me. You can borrow my, my copy. Okay, let's move on to uh, Prime 5 number 4. To set the scene, this is when uh, Cassius is in the bleeding place on Io. And we are recording this December 2020. And as you might have seen, the once in, you know, a few... 800 years 800 or something like that? What, or 3,000 maybe? There were different times. But Jupiter and Saturn were very close in the sky, t- and you could see them with your naked eye. It's like the convergence is what it's called, right? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> My mom called it the Christmas star, yeah. which is hilarious because <laughs> when you saw it, it was just two planets <laughs> next to each other and definitely not a Christmas star. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but uh, what was cool, I, I could see it off my front porch, but all I could see without a telescope was just, you know, a bright star next to a less bright star. Yeah. But with the telescopes and those photos, you can actually see the moons of Jupiter. Yeah. And that was fucking cool. And you can see the rings on Saturn. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, hey, there's Io. I know. Cassius is in the bleeding place <laughs> up there. I was doing the same thing when I was seeing all those photos with the where you could see the moons next to it. That was really great. I did some watching on like some of the observatories where they uh-huh. had like the telescopes pointing at it. And it was really great. I mean, I assume one of those moons was Io. Obviously, there's a lot of moons, a lot more than four. Yeah, but there's like, Io's one of the big ones. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that's where we are in the book um, on Io, not in the Convergence. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Lysander speaks up against Cassius's wishes in order to save Cassius's life. Right. So, Lysander um, stops Dido from having Serafina basically finish Cassius off because mm-hmm. he's already beaten all the other Moonies, but now he's in bad shape. And Lysander steps up and says, I'm Lysander Alun. And he's expecting or hoping that this will save his friend and also that his name still carries enough respect and at least enough weight. Obviously, the Moonies don't like Octavia. Right. But it should, you know, give him enough clout to be able to live another day with Cassius. Yes. Let's hear the quote from Nick. Here's Nick. My name is Lysander Aulun. I did not know what weight my name still held, but the seismic tremors that now shake the room bring chills to my flesh and a deep, powerful pride. Ooh, Nick. I mean, Lysander. I think that last part of that quote is extremely important because it tells us a lot about Lysander. Um, Obviously, saying the the pride. Right. Yeah. Obviously, like he's doing this to save Cassius's life. He cares about Cassius, even though Cassius doesn't want him to do it, and he's like, "Don't do it." Right. Uh, Lysander does it anyway because he cares about him, and there's that's one aspect of it. But the second aspect of it is that second part of the quote because like i think that tells us a lot about lysander he likes this he likes being in this position he likes to be the hero or the this the one everyone's looking to right and looking at the fact that 
his name still holds that power and it sends that ripple throughout the room. He's like, okay. And the oohs and ahs. Yeah. He's like, I'm not a little boy anymore, bitches. <laughs> I could do this. He's like, I can do this. I think that part, like, it's important to remember that, yes, Lysander's conflicted. Yes, um, Lysander, you know, supposedly has honor or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, he does kind of like the power aspect of it, too. And he likes people to know that he has honor. Exactly. So he might be a little narcissistic. (laughs) Um, But I will say this is one of his top moments because he does risk his life by Mm. doing this. And he's mostly doing it, in my opinion, to save his friend. Sure. Yes. He just doesn't want to see Cassius die. Like it's it's I mean, Dido really could be like, oh. That's what motivates him to do it in the first place. I'm just saying, like, kind of once it happens, he's like, oh, okay. Like, oh, hey. I could get hey used girl. to this. <laughs> but I was going to say, Dido could, in that moment, be like, oh, Loon? Cool. We're going to kill you now. <laughs> yeah. You You're know, he too. didn't know, Yes. you know, 100% that saying his name would save anyone. True. And and Cassius, um, he doesn't care about his life in in the grand scheme of things he's saying don't start this war right so that's where even though lysander's trying to save his friend he's also not honoring his wishes yes his dying wishes yeah <laughs> it's tough like it's it's a it's a tough moment to know what to do like obviously we want him to save cassius oh yeah daddy cassius right oh they shaved his beard though <laughs> right yeah. well i think he did shave at that point yeah yeah too bad damn <laughs> <laughs> pour one out for cassius's beard okay let's, let's go on to number three yes our number three moment is you know we like to blend moments together it's basically lysander's whole desert journey so this is where he gets tested he's steeled and for the lysander is a pixie crowd i understand where you're coming from but also i think that argument kind of dies in the desert here with when Lysander makes it out. He's forged in the fires yeah, of, of the Saruman. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 wrong, wrong book. <laughs> uh, so we have Seneca and his goons that were sent by Ajax to kill Lysander. They come down. Lysander uses the mind's eye. I'm doing some sweet mind's eye razor action right now. You can't see me, but it looks great. I'm slicing dude's ankles off, and I can't even see anything. Um, I wish you guys could see me acting this out. But He's doing a great job. <laughs> so he kills Lots a bunch of, of people, and then he has to also then journey out of the desert because freaking Apollonius stole the grab boots. And there's the, all, the whole experience before this, the Iron Rain, he loses everyone that's looking out for him. He gets separated from his group, and he has to make it out on his own. And Lysander does. Yes. I think that's important. Like, and I and I don't think that you can call him a pixie anymore after that moment. Like, he has proven himself. Also, I totally zoned out because I, I wanted to say I meant the fires of Mount Doom. Not I said Saruman. I'm. Ki- <laughs> It's been a while. <laughs> but I totally agree with everything you just said. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. <laughs> Do you want to play Nick's quote? That's why we record it, so I can actually listen back to you. 
man. I was like, that's not the mount. Where's the lava? Let's hear Nick's quote. I walk north, blind, but blinded no more. Uncertain of where I go, but certain of one thing. Ajax abandoned me to the enemy. He tried to kill me. Darrow tried to kill me. Seneca tried to kill me. The desert tried to kill me. But I am still here. Pain the only proof that I am not yet dead. Be it one of anguish or of joy, my life is mine. I have earned it back. And I have no intention of wasting it. So obviously, this is where Lysander really changes. And one thing that's not in that quote that Nick just read is uh, he's he's listing out the things in the desert that have changed him. He says Seneca, Ajax, the desert. He he doesn't bring up the Hydra mm-hmm. in that whole moment where he jumps in the Hydra hole. That's really, I think, the first moment where he's beaten death and he's like, yeah. oh my God, I was next to a Hydra, which is known for killing everybody. Right. All Iron Golds. Anyone. And um, he makes it out alive by, like, mastering his fear and going back into um, what his grandmother taught him. So I think that's really the first moment where the desert starts to change him. Right. And he gets his eyeball boiled off. Like, Lysander has been through some shit. He's been tested. And at this moment, especially this quote that we had Nick read, he has passed all of those tests. He's been he's passed all of those things that have been thrown at him, and he is like now like a completely different person. Not completely different, but he's different. Like well, he's he looks changed. a lot different, right? <laughs> he's changed, and then I I he says, you know, my life is my own, and this is kind of puts him on this path where he becomes this extremely like kind of formidable opponent for Darrow at this point. Also, he's not only being tested and put through horrible physical pain over and over, he's also betrayed by Ajax. Yeah. He's abandoned by Kalandora. Yeah. He, you know, he's left for dead multiple times. And then <laughs> Apple sneaks over and steals his grab boots. Like, that's like the last straw. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Give me my grab boots. Couldn't even give him some grab boots. So he. He knows in the desert that he is more than alone. He's hunted. Right. He's abandoned. He's right. betrayed. And then he's captured. <laughs> you know, when he, right. he tries to save the pulls up butts, yeah. guys. He's captured. He has to escape again. So, I mean, this he's put on, you know, the extra dry cycle in the dryer <laughs> <laughs> of the Ladon. Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, pixie can mean different things to different people. If it means like physically or mentally weak, yeah, that uh, then definitely not. Then that. he's not that because he clearly. I mean, no pixie could still be even like sane after that much torture. Right. He proved to himself, and once he makes it out, and other people see that he makes out, he proves to everyone else that he is capable. That he is person to be you know feared and someone that is capable of great things so we'll see what else he does from here but i just think like this is kind of where our lysander bad guy (laughs) kind of is where he kind of 
this is where he's like forged and well, made. First, you have to maim him in yeah, some way. You right. can't. He can't be pretty anymore mm-hmm. if he's going to be the 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 bad guy. So Pierce did that for us. Yeah, he's gone through some trials and tribulations. He's gone through the fire. And now he's out on the other side. We've got a new Lysander to deal with. This is not the same person that we knew at the beginning of Iron Gold. This is not the she is our conqueror (laughs) little boy who was passed back and forth (laughs) as a hostage. All right, let's go to our number two moment. Yes, so now we have the maimed monster, Lysander. In his most monstrous moment. (laughs) In his most (laughs) monstrous moment. This is where, as Ben would say... He takes a heel turn. Yes. That's a wrestling thing. He becomes the bad guy. He becomes the bad guy. What's a wrestling guy that took a heel turn? The, the Rock? Uh, the most famous heel turn of all time is Hulk Hogan, NWO, turning into a bad guy. Wow. Yeah. It was big that deal. was shocking. <laughs> and I was. definitely did not watch it. It was <laughs> huge. Huge. Yeah. Um. So this this is where most people are like okay you cannot like lysander after yeah shooting (laughs) one of our favorite new characters in the face without honor of course we're talking about lysander murdering alex in cold blood the heir of arcos chapter and the heir of arcos wants to um obviously razor duel (laughs) which honestly lysander could have won if he could have you know, taking some, taking some deep breaths and gotten into the mind's <laughs> eye. Maybe, yeah. Um, also, in this heel turn, we hear him thinking, oh, gross. <laughs> That's true, yeah. She this is Rona's like got bolts, this <laughs> red with bolts. A lot of red slander going How on. How disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, too much. What are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. So not only does he kill and uh, he he obviously knocks Rona out and And kills Alex. And then some pretty heavy space racism. Super space racism. And you're like, man, maybe (laughs) you lost your your nice eyeball (laughs) and the only remaining one sees racist thoughts. It's all evil eye. You know? (laughs) You lost your good eye. <laughs> so obviously we talked about this a lot during the Alex podcast, so I don't think we need to cover it very much. But I do think this is like this is the Lysander turning point. Yes. If you were on the fence about Lysander, I think a lot of people got off the fence at this point. And that's why a lot of the boards where uh, people are arguing like on Facebook or on Reddit, the question that people always ask is, well, have you finished Dark Age? Because, mm-hmm. like, if you haven't finished Dark Age and you're advocating for Lysander, then you're a fucking pixie, <laughs> and you don't know what he's done. So you can't, you can't be, like, you can't have an opinion unless right. you finished Dark Age. Yeah, I think the argument would be, if I was to argue, try to like argue against that and defend Lysander in this moment. Yes. He really does not have much of a choice. He's running out of time. Yes. He's like Alice in Wonderland rabbit. It's inconvenient that Alex showed up. He's extremely pissed that they're there because they're kind of ruining his whole plan. And then obviously... they just wanted a tour (laughs) of the nice house. Also, they find out who he actually is. Yes. So 
Like, he, out of necessity, obviously has to kill Alex. It does make me not like him, but I'm just saying, like, story-wise, he doesn't have much of a choice. <sighs> Fine. Nope. He, he could have not done I'm it. not saying it's an excuse. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate over here. I don't like him. Let's hear <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's my answer. No. Let's hear this uh, quote from Nick Brinlow. Who is your favorite poet? When he does not answer, I choose for him. Ye labor for your fall with your own hands, not by surprise, nor yet by stealth, but with clear eyes, knowing the thing ye do. He sneers at my gun. <laughs> no honor. No time. I shoot Alexander in the head. Ooh. Ugh. I just got like chills down my spine. I don't think one. I like Nick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I love how fast he said, no time. No time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Excellent narration, Nick. Yeah, it's got to be hard <laughs> getting into that evil mindset <laughs> where you just kill someone when they're defenseless. Man, I really wish at that moment... Alex could have like whipped out like a secret side razor. I know, like cut the gun in half. Yeah, can we not like block the bullet with a razor, maybe or something? Ooh, like Matrix. Yeah. Can we like lean back and dodge <laughs> bullets? Like, do we have to have his head just like explode? <laughs> yes, completely lopped off. Oh. We can't even get like a through the throat thing like Cassius, and he survives. Yeah. We can't even get that. No, Lysander would have shot him again. Ah, but. Anyways. All he did have to do was, like, think that he killed him. He didn't necessarily have to kill him, you know? I agree. Like, Pierce, that's all I'm saying is he hey, just had to think that he killed hey him. Hey, Pierce. And incapacitate him enough that he could get away. The reason <laughs> that Pierce has Lysander kill Alex is because Pierce wants us to yeah, hate Lysander. Yeah, he wants us to turn against him. That's not Which is why people who still like Lysander, <laughs> you're not honoring the father's wishes. <laughs> <laughs> he wants us to hate Lysander, <laughs> obviously, because if 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 he if he wanted us to like Lysander, then um, Alex wouldn't have died. But he also wants to make that extremely complicated, because like I think he he does like complicate it, because like there's a, and I'll get into this later, but there's a difference between having sympathy for Lysander and having empathy for Lysander, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. As we make our decisions on Prime Five, but okay. I still think it's like it's a fraught situation still because like you can understand why Lysander does what he does. You're related. You share a grandpa. <laughs> I know. He's fucked up. But also, like what he does sucks so fucking much. It sucks so much. And Alex just became like a hero. Just got a new teeth. He just got new teeth. He just got his wolf cloak, man. <laughs> Give me a break. He <laughs> Ah, uh, Alex. He knows what he is. All right. Want to go to Prime 5 number one? All right. Number one moment for Lysander. This is the Praetorian Charge. The Long Night. The White Walkers. <laughs> yeah. Lysander rallying his Praetorians, charging down the causeway on the Sunbloods. Just, I mean, epic. Very, I mean, this, this is... Right like movie magic right this is the moment pour one out pierce's great action writing climax of the book we've so got so much shit's going on right. we got horse <laughs> horses being filleted from underneath 
their guts pouring out on top of the Reds fighting. We've got snipers on rooftops. We've got Thraxa charging through walls. <laughs> Kool-Aid manning people. <laughs> uh, we've got Lysander and Darrow pretty much dueling. Yeah, on a yeah. on horses on horseback. I mean, no, they're you know, they're like, they're like jousting. Jousting. Yeah. They're what's that movie called? <laughs> With a Knight's Heath, Tale. Yeah, Heath Ledger. <laughs> I actually just watched that the other like a month ago. <laughs> it's, it's really so good. Bad is <laughs> no, what I was gonna good. say. <laughs> no, the acting is. I mean, the like the interactions between him and the girl love interest. They're so bad. Like when they're in the church. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so cheesy, but I love <laughs> it. And he was so sexy. He was very. You're saying Cassius. like it's so like, it's so bad and cheesy. It's good. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. total nineties yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like mid two thousands like perfection. It was. It wasn't nineties. It yeah. feels nineties. <laughs> 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 um. Hey, kids! You guys should watch a Knight's Tale if you haven't. When there's like. The old peasants like doing the we will rock you part, and that's what oh I mean. Man. It's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's if you are obsessed. I was loving it. Like I feel like, <laughs> like Heather would hate the Night's nice <laughs> Tale because it's so historically inaccurate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Heather can have fun. I'm sure. I'm just saying we'll she knows. She knows too much. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> about like real life yeah like how they should actually be jousting right right yeah. <laughs> or just like the peasants doing we will well like you. the reason i watched it was i was getting really into game of thrones and i just needed like some night action in my life you know like needed some yeah. night stories you needed heath ledger in a <laughs> suit of armor yeah so i watched it and i was like this is an underrated movie do you know what i want to watch which is <laughs> underrated the what is it it's um Leonardo in the Mask. Oh, Man in the Iron Mask. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that kind of like a Three Musketeers story at the same time? I don't know, but it is just like let's cover I don't up. Remember what that's exactly about? There's like two Leonardo DiCaprios. Let's put one of the most beautiful men in Hollywood in the, yeah. and put him in a stupid-looking <laughs> Iron Mask. <laughs> that mask is bad. It's bad. All right, let's get back. On I'm top. sorry. This. We should watch all these <laughs> stupid movies. I just watched True Lies over Christmas True Lies break. is so good. And I don't think I've seen it since 1994 or whenever yeah, it came out. Yeah, that actually did come out in 94. Um, but, man, Arnold, like... Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. It's a great movie. What's okay. her butt is really sexy in that movie, too. Dude, she's fit. Yeah. Fuck, man. They're like, yeah. she's a dopey housewife. And then she like <laughs> does the strip tease. And I was like, damn, I'm kind of uncomfortable sure. sitting next to my mom, <laughs> my dad. It's great. Okay. Doesn't he like ride a horse like on top of a skyscraper or something like uh, that? Yeah. And he tries to <laughs> jump yeah. off the building. And yeah, I won't ruin it. Okay. Yeah, we got to get back to Lysander. <laughs> <laughs> That's like he does a horse charge though, so I feel like it's relevant. Thank you. <laughs> I also just wanted to talk about it because it's great. Uh, yeah, so we've okay, got Praetorian charge. We've got Lysander running down the the Via Triumphia or whatever it's called, and running. You mean on his horse? Yes, he's Gallop riding, galloping, riding his horse. His son blood, just monster of an animal you know gnashing teeth yeah leading the charge against darrow we get all these great fighting moments between darrow lysander 
we get the Darrow kind of, you know, the tiger in the grass type situation, which is really great. And then you get this great moment where Lysander calls out Darrow and then actually beats him, sticks him with a razor. Well, I feel like they match. He destroys Darrow's razor and sticks a razor in Darrow's chest. I don't but think that Lysander like can win any more definitively. Doesn't he that. like? Doesn't Darrow? Doesn't Darrow like crush his arm with the force? Going back at him, it, but he's like he feels it. Yeah, he's <laughs> like it's numb. But Darryl, I'm just saying, Darryl definitely took. Darrow didn't lose, Ben. <laughs> he took the L in that situation for sure. Great. He was ready. He was getting ready to die, and Cassius no. saved his life. If he's he? ca- if Cassius doesn't show up, he's dead. Darrow never <laughs> dies. <laughs> What's dead may never die, or whatever. <laughs> Okay, let's listen to Nick. Yes. I spare no time for pleasantries as I circle them atop blood of empire. Upon Luna, upon Earth, upon Mars, they say that the Praetorian Guard is dead, I shout. That they have faded into the moor of history like morning fog over the sea. That nothing remains but the memory of the giants that once walked the worlds. Are you a memory? I ask the Praetorians as blood continues to canter around them. No. Are you giants? Yes. Will you ride with me today for the glory of your forebears, for the resurrection of the society, for the honor of the God? Will you ride with me? Yes. They roar. Yes. I'm ready to mount a sunblood right now. (laughs) That sounded so terrible. I could not sound it any worse. I couldn't, I couldn't maintain <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have to keep that on the podcast. <laughs> Damn it. I'm blushing. <laughs> um, yes. Man, Nick, fuck. You fucked that up. You, like, in a good way. Was, <laughs> was that better than Braveheart? I feel like I... I <laughs> Freedom! It's like right there between that and Braveheart for yes, me Yes, right he now. said, uh, what did he say? Glory! <laughs> yes! Freedom! Man, I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm about to flip this table. <laughs> Got my blood boiling. Thank you, Nick. All right, that was our number one moment. Lysander and his Praetorian Charge. I wonder if we're gonna how many moments from book six we're going to add into this. This prime five next time. Um, none, because he is <laughs> officially a heel. This was after his heel turn, though. That's true. Thank you, Nick, for all of those amazing quotes. Um, you are really fucking cool. Yes, you are spectacular. Thank Thanks you so much for being English. For your contributions, <laughs> we're gonna have Nick come back next week for Darrow. So get hey. ready for that. Ooh, I'm super ready for that. <laughs> All right, you know it's time for it. What are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into this week? Okay, there's this really fun, silly show on Netflix. It's this uh, docu-mini series about these, like, obscure competitions. And one's, like, frog jumping. One of them is yo-yoing. There's dog dancing. There's um, chili pepper tasting. And it's basically um, just following these niche competitions 
and it's super entertaining and it's like an easy watch mm-hmm. perfect you know family friendly show that you can watch and it also makes me want to like travel to these places and actually go to these competitions because <laughs> like it'd be amazing to see them in person <laughs> and then also so that's what i'm into but i also want to say w- something i was previously into the mistborn series by brandon sanderson and miles is reading this too banksy the uh person who does all of our amazing episode art he's also reading mistborn but i'm reading now the um, second trilogy of that series and i like it like even more than the original trilogy so um that's called the wax and wayne books that's the you know four five six of the series so Mistborn and we are the champions on netflix ben what are you into this week i just got a smorgasbord of, of shit i'm into yeah, you you do. Ben doesn't do well, just like <laughs> not doing anything. <laughs> You're always doing way more than me. Well, we've just like we've been off for so long. I've just had I had I'd you didn't have COVID, so you you weren't on your deathbed. I wrote these things down like two weeks ago, and I've have like five more things since then. Sorry, I tried to get better. All right, so here's my quick reviews of of a few different things. Okay, I watched Queen's Gambit. If you're one of those people who's like me, when you hear people are into stuff... And, and you like, automatically hate it? You don't automatically hate it, but you're just like, you don't check it out right away, you know? Because you don't want to be one of the cool kids. Right. So when, <laughs> when you hear all this <laughs> shit about a series, and you're like, I don't know about that. Anyway, I checked out The Queen's Gambit. It's actually good. Check yes, it out. It's worth it watching. Very good. And if you're into The Queen's Gambit, and you like, you know the direction, the writing, that kind of thing. The guy who was the showrunner for that, his name is Scott Frank. He's awesome. He did another series on Netflix, also a limited series of seven episodes. It's called Godless, and it's a Western, and it's really, really good. It's better than Queen's Gambit. Nice. Um, So I would suggest watching that, especially if you're into Westerns. And then also last night I watched Wonder Woman 1984, and I just wanted to say it's boring, but it's okay. If you're into that stuff, I support you <laughs> watching it. <laughs> it's boring. What are you into, Ben? This is boring. Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian and Oberyn Martell oh. on Game of Thrones, is the bad guy in it. He is fucking awesome. So I see. if you want to watch the movie, watch it for him. I was going to say Pierce Brown's very own sister, Blair Brown, was shitting on (laughs) wonder woman (laughs) it was pretty boring it's just like i've heard i i've heard that it's bad it's just like very run-of-the-mill superhero movie i but you know me i love a good shitty superhero (laughs) movie and i will watch it over and over and over i didn't mind it i watched it the other night and it was fine i had it's a little long chris pines in it he's one of my favorite people on the planet so uh yeah yeah i love chris i was cool with that uh, and then, like I said, Pedro Pascal is in there just doing wild. Like, he's just hamming it up. And so nice. he's pretty fun to watch. Also, I know you already said three things, but don't forget to tell the Howlers that you bawled your eyes out on the season finale episode of oh, The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, yeah. I didn't, I've already suggested The Mandalorian, but God, if you want to talk to me about the finale of The Mandalorian, I screamed, I cried, I threw things. I was sobbing into my cereal at the end of it. And his it's best friend Aaron refuses to keep <laughs> watching it. So please, someone talk to Ben about The Mandalorian. It's so good. 
All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, This episode was so fun. Um, Probably the most fun I've had all year. (laughs) Especially post-COVID. I feel like a new redeemed person. I know. I feel like we're back at it, baby. It feels great. I have, like, extra energy because, you know, I finally Mm. don't feel like shit. Um, And thank you guys for sticking with us. We will be back in a few days with the Lysander Part 2 episode. And please tune in because these emails and voicemails are amazing i'm so pumped about all of you guys you're killing it thank you to heather and miles man that was so great they are amazing i love the both i already knew that i loved heather because we've spoken with her but fuck miles is cool too (laughs) i don't know i feel like we should all move in together And have, like, a howler commune. This could be the start of the cult that I've been, like, trying to start. I'm in. I'm super into cults, by the way. And not, I'm not into, like... This is new information. <laughs> okay, what I mean to say is I love watching documentaries about cults. Right. Because it, like, blows my mind. And that, that you want to kidnap Heather and Miles and make them be in a cult with you. Not make them, <laughs> invite them. And so cults blow my mind because, you know, from the outside looking in, you're like, how could they, you know, how could they commit suicide like right. Jonestown? Or how could they think that they would go to space like those Heaven's aliens? Gate. What's it called? Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. You know, and I, I and I and next year, I'm like, I would never do that. But then you if you have empathy, you're like. I would. (laughs) (laughs) So now, I mean, think about Pierce Brown. If he asked me to jump off a fucking bridge, I might. Bitch, I might be. Wow. So I'm just saying we're already in a cult. We just don't know it yet. So why not start a commune? One of us. One One of of us. (laughs) (laughs) So as creepy as that was, I I meant it to express how much... I love Heather and Miles. And how much gratitude we have to both of them. They have helped us out tremendously this entire year A whole of year. podcasting that we've done. And I know 2020 was shitty for most people, but like, thank God for 2020. We got Heather and Miles out <laughs> of it. <laughs> they both volunteered their services, and we are so thankful. And also, can I add to my cult? Mm-hmm. Can I add Nick? Yes, Nick can come too. Because yeah. we obviously Nick, <laughs> we need Nick to do the <laughs> the promotional videos <laughs> to get people to join the cult. With that voice, we are going to pull so many people in. I would definitely join. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Heather. Thank you to Miles. Thank you to Nick for all your contributions this year. We appreciate you so much. Amazing. Happy New Year, you all. And fuck Lysander. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. We will see you soon with part two of Lysander Character Study. Omnis Fear Lupus. Ow!